Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. We're so pleased you're joining us today on Take 10. We come to you once a week with a discussion of a mental health-related issue that affects caregivers and their families. I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, Dr. Jamie Heisman, is here. Dr. Heisman serves as Chief Compassion Officer for Wellman Medical Management. He's a nationally known authority on caregiver burnout and addictions. Carol Zerniel, our Executive Director for the Wellman Charitable Foundation, here as well. Carol has a master's degree in social gerontology and nearly 30 years' experience in the field of aging or caregiving. And Carol, you've got a great topic for today. Well, thank you, Ron. Dr. Jamie, nice to be with you. Um, I was recently reading an article about how Japan is sort of following in the footsteps of the United States. Older people are becoming more isolated. And so there was a story of a woman in a high rise who paid a woman who lived in a house down below who could see her balcony so that if she didn't come open her curtains every day, she was afraid she would die alone. She was afraid no one would notice. So she paid the woman in the house down on the ground to look up every day to see that her curtains were open because no one was coming to check on her. So that just shows, you know, isolation in the United States is a problem. For caregivers, it's an even bigger problem or it's a two for one. So, Jamie, what what is it about isolation that's so dangerous you know, Carol, I'm so glad you actually brought that example up because she is your example of a self-aware person who's aging. And that was the first thing we want to take away from that example. She actually understood, <clears throat> excuse me, we call that in behavioral health, compensatory behavior. She understood the deficits of her life or the, the things that needed reinforcing. I work with ADD and ADHD people, and they just figure out compensatory behavior, ways that they can get through the challenge. She is one of those. And I want all of our listeners to understand her as a person who's self-aware. Now, the beauty is that she's actually put somebody else in charge, a connected force, somebody who she can actually uh, feel that she can count on, right? So her strong, positive connection to that person gives her safety in the moment, at least, because she's feeling probably detached, isolated. We all do now, the more we have social media, the more we feel disconnected in life, the more Twitter, the more we, we COVID, the more we, we isolate, the more we actually get sicker and the more we disconnect. So to answer your question, strong neurological ties increase our likelihood of survival, Carol. They, not just survival, of thriving as we live, because these connections allow us to feel safe neurologically. So our medical care, if you will, the inflammation, the renal sort of functions of our body, the, you know, things that go bump in the night in our body are not feeling dysregulated. So literally connecting with somebody and dealing with the loneliness in a way like she did in some fashion where you feel safer is the way to go. And unfortunately, it's the more reality of our world right now. 
Well, and and she reached out for help, right? I mean, she she made arrangements. And in the caregiving space, we often find a caregiver who feels like, A, they do it better than anybody else, or B, they are just so in the moment, so in the thick of things that they don't even have time, they think, to reach out to anybody else. So it's just them and the person they're caring for. Yeah, and that's a myth, right? That every time a caregiver thinks like that, I think it's really like one step over the line because really our social connections help us take care of a loved one. They they don't allow us to feel weakened and burned out and isolated along the way. So if you're actually taking your oxygen first as a caregiver, you're actually staying connected because if you allow caregiving or any sort of relationship, if you're in a toxic relationship, this happens as well, to start isolating you and start making you feel detached from the world, neurologically, you're going to suffer. Neurologically, you're going to feel lost. You're going to feel like your only relationship is with yourself and those spouses or partners or children or family in your life. You're going to have this sort of mirage, if you will, that they're not there. So I think it's a personal coaching job that we make a promise to ourselves no matter what, like the woman you said on the balcony, is to stay connected, okay? Stay connected to relationships because they're going to be extraordinarily important as we take care of our loved ones. Now, hold that thought. We're going to come right back to you. For folks who may have just joined us, you're listening to Take 10. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-hosts, Carol Zerniel and Dr. Jamie Heisman. And we're talking about connectiveness, loneliness, and overcoming that, staying connected. And Dr. Jamie, I've often heard about people who, in the middle of a crowd, feel all alone. Yes, Ron, it does. And that's called the complex PTSD we're covering in the series, right? So we get a trigger in our lives and we go back into that sort of shame mode, that child mode, um, why we ask our caregivers to reparenting themselves and to take a look at themselves is because when I work with a client and they no longer feel really lonely, even if they're alone, I know they're getting well, meaning they're fully complete, that in a crowd, like you're describing, they feel like they belong in some fashion and they're prioritizing themselves there rather than going down a rabbit hole. So I I believe so much that we have to push ourselves, almost like I said to Carol, personal coaching, to reach out, to reach out for things we need as a caregiver, to do it, join a support group. I mean, Carol oversees our charitable foundation, which is the absolute most amazing caregiver support groups at Caregiver SOS. Uh, This morning, I was working with a whole group, and there was people that were alone, but really loved their pet. They felt neurologically unconditional support and their love from their pet, literally. So others on the phone call were considering adopting a pet, which I think is a great thing. And then finally, I asked our our caregivers and our seniors to find a cause that you care about. Pay something forward. You know, call the caregiver SOS line or call the, the, the Cancer Association or the Red Cross and get involved and pay something forward and join a cause that doesn't allow you to feel disconnected. Well, Jamie, what I'm hearing you say is that we, we, we need to take action, right? This is a call to action. We can become isolated. 
as we age, as our the friends we had that are in our cohort group die, um, we become more frail. But if we have friends of multiple ages, it increases the likelihood. You know, we stay engaged. My 95-year-old great aunt that filled a ballroom for her birthday party at 90 with people of all ages um, is a great example of that. But as caregivers, we can do the same thing. Maybe we're disconnected from our regular friends, but we can make new friends with other caregivers who understand us and don't mind us talking about the person we're caring for. How do you make those connections? Well, you know, what Carol's saying is a family of choice, right? Because our biological family sometimes is challenging. I see patients all the time for it. But Carol's point, I think, is the the best one is if you're reparenting yourself, you're doing two things, Ron. You're actual emotionally self-regulated. So you're dealing with your stress reduction. So if you're feeling like, like you said, in a crowd and lost, you know, if you do breath work at that moment, or if you can take a, a go out in the sun and connect there, you're not going to feel so isolated. But the second part is she's right. We have our destiny in our hands because we have our brains, our neuroplasticity in our hands. And we can make sure that we're in a healthy, safe environment. We can make sure we reach out and get to that support group at Caregiver SOS or call the hospital and volunteer there. That literally our healing and our aging properly is not going to be in somebody else's hands. There's no cavalry there. It's going to be in our hands. And if we allow ourselves to love ourselves and have compassion for ourselves, we're going to parent ourselves properly. And we're going to put that prevention and that foundation so we don't have to feel detached and alone. How much of a role can social media play in making those connections? Wow. So that's a really double-edged sword. And social media has disconnected us a lot from that human connection, of course. Yet social media also offers us some type of connection. I have patients of mine dealing with codependency or people in churches, ashrams, or temples, and they go listen to a pastor or a rabbi talk, and there'll be a social media thing afterwards where they'll contribute. So I think a balance is what we're talking about. If you think you do all social media, you'll probably be all disconnected and you'll be staring at a screen and you won't feel that neurological safety. Yet, if you just balance it and make sure you do the other things that we're talking about, charity, going to a support group, connecting with a, a, a best friend or developing a best friend, you will be able to, I think, be more balanced and be on a better road to aging properly. Dr. Jamie, thank you. Some great tips on how to get over loneliness and separation. This has been Take 10 with Carol Zernil and Dr. Jamie Heisman. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll talk with you soon on Take 10. 